Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> That's right, we're the Mole Patrol trying to get that call from Andy Coops. Has not come through yet, but we will not stop until... Uh, well, we'll probably stop before it happens, but we're going to keep trying. Hey, I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by Jessica Lees, Brooklyn Zed, after a week off from the patrol. Jess, how you doing? How's Phil? Uh, Phil's doing great. I'm hoping that he's setting the the standard for reality hosts who come on to comment on the choices made by the programs that they appear on. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, setting a standard for us. Zed, what's the latest from the streets? Oh, from the streets, so many things, all of the things, all the days run together. I've spent a lot of my days recently, actually, not in the streets, but text banking to make sure people get their mail-in ballots. How's that going? You can request them now. Uh, The people I have been volunteering with, because I've become like an administrator of this whole situation, uh, the people that I'm working with on that team are great. The people that are volunteering to text for us are bad at reading. Oh, no. <laughs> at least bad at reading instructions that then require us to repeat. Things These are the people that but, would be uh, adding you to find out how to watch the mole. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good. It's going well. It's going well. Voting is important. Democracy is important. Whoever, whatever your feelings about the current political situation of well, which you may guess I have many. Well, I feel like, you know, if you feel one way, like you could, you could stay, you could stay. You don't have to participate. I just mean, never mind. That's it's a whole other conversation. A whole other conversation. Hey, Josh, if you want people that disagree with you, yeah. Josh, if you want people that disagree with you not to vote, you're no better than the, the other people. I suppose, I suppose, I suppose that's true. Paintball time. Paintball on the mole. Capture the flag. A variation of the game. Capture the flag this week on Mole Patrol. I feel like we took a week off and we're coming in hot uh, with a with a really wild episode of the mole. Uh, obviously, no spoilers past this episode because I have no idea what's going to happen next. But spoilers for episode six are about to ensue as I'm about to scream. Kate, no! Kate! No! 
We, no. got an, we got an email in our inbox this morning to uh, Mo Patrol at, oh shoot, is it Push for Recaps? Rob's no, website? Rob's website. <laughs> uh, Mo Patrol at Rob's website.com entitled Condolences to Josh. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. I mean, for me, there was almost no world where Kate was the, was the mole. She's like too pure an angel to have been the saboteur. Well, Josh, I have to interject here that in the original run of this show, when I was watching it every week with kind of going in blind, up until the roll the dice challenge, I was convinced Kate was the mole. So this is the one. This is who you thought was the mole. This is who I thought was the mole. Talk me through why. Because because exactly she was a sweet angel and she was nice to everybody and i thought you know charlie the cop responding so negatively to her all the time which ps put a pin in that we're going to come back to it yeah he was just like constantly bristling against her like everything she said and did and it's like maybe he's on to something with this and there were a few times where she kind of screwed something small up in a way that appeared molish yeah i think that i just saw her as like a paladin of the truth. Uh, like just like the purest green soul in, in reality. Green soul. Yeah. Just a torch bearer for all things good and pure, you know, and to lose her to lose her in, a, in an episode where she got like really uh, some arrows slung her way. And it was so unfair and vicious and horrible. Uh, breaks my heart a little bit. I was like really excited to come back for Mole Patrol and a week off. And uh, I'm, I'll tell you what, and thank you both for being so great about not spoiling anything for me. Um, if we had, if we had done this while I was on vacay, I was like, all right, well, what's that? It's Mole Patrol. This is, a, this is vacation, you know? And then we went and we did it. And then I was away and I watched Kate get executed. I don't know if I'd ever forgive either of you. We wanted to make sure you you needed to come into it in the right mindset. Yeah. You need to take all the time you need. And since this is a podcast that exists out of time, Mm -hmm. I think it's totally fine. Oh yeah. Zed, what what was the, we had like someone got uh, sucked into a time vortex. Oh, that was actually the person who sent the condolences to you this morning who uh, ended up in a time void and couldn't remember if our week off was last week or this week or if they were all the same week. Which feel it like is just the week, right? Like it kind of feels like it's all just still happening. Time. Yeah, time. Who knows? Time is a flat circle, Josh. <laughs> yes, time is a flat circle. Uh, that uh, time, time is a strange purple liquid inside a dark green glass vessel that must not be taken at all and must be protected at all costs from and or has been smashed to the ground and it's yeah. just oozing everywhere with no bounds yeah. in any isn't, particular isn't direction the, isn't the flag from the capture the flag challenge this week wasn't that the metaphor for lost it's like think about the island like a bottle of wine <laughs> it's the, you gotta protect the bottle of wine at all costs like that was it that was it this week do you think that Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, Jess, were fans of the mole? I mean, they, they could have been. The timeline that, lines up. That metaphor from the mole, I think that'd be good. Yeah. I, I, is, the aggressor, is the aggressors pushing over the uh, the vase an active kill, Josh? It's an active kill. Well, it's an active kill this week for sure, because I'm sure we're going to be returning to it multiple times. And certainly mole 
multiple times. <laughs> got them. Got them. Got them both. Uh, it's it's gonna, even the the contestants are. This was a dark time. This is a dark time in the in the dead of night, but a dark time here in season one of the mole. As this feels like this is like the most vicious uh, uh, postmortem on a on a test that we've seen so far. Like this felt like uh, not just that we lost Kate was the like the uh, the spoiled maraschino cherry on top, uh, but like this episode just seemed really dark overall. Jess, is this just like the nature of the game that when you get it down to this few amount of people that it's going to breed a, a level of paranoia that's going to make things a little bit ugly at a point? Well, this is an interesting thing, Josh. And this was something that I've been thinking about a lot over the past week, like as I'm watching this episode and as things got so ugly, I feel like in the early Wild West days of reality television, there was no, there is no bottom as far as ugliness went. They were still trying to figure out where that line was. And I think it comes as a shock to us to see people get this tense and nasty with each other. Even as people that have seen probably between the three of us, we've probably seen somewhere in the high three digits of reality TV seasons. And we can think of like the moments where we know things got extremely ugly, but we also know of things that happened behind the scenes, especially on Survivor, that things that happened that they filmed and aren't airing. Right. And things that on certain other shows that we're not going to bring up um, where the host slash person making the decisions on the show said some extremely horrible and toxic things that will never see the light of day because the person is now a public figure. Um, we have a lot of this, like they figured out where that bar was pretty quickly, but this is before those times. And this is when they're just going to make it as real as possible. But it turns out we don't really want things to get that real. And I'm sure there are people that are miles worse than Charlie out there on various reality programs that have sent things that are far, far worse that, you know, we already knew people don't respond well to that and don't want to see it. And, So it's interesting to me to watch this as an artifact when it was like, we still want to see like the worst basis things that people can say to each other and get angry at them. And it turns out that nobody really wants to see that. They want to see like, they want to see, I will always wave my finger in your face. They don't want to see you effed that up. You effing fat B, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zed, I try not to read the comments on the YouTube uh, page where we are watching the mole. Just in case anyone doesn't know, we watch the mole on YouTube, uh, and the links are to the to the YouTube. Are, Wait, uh, we do? Yeah, they're in the show notes, Jess. The links. Oh, to the okay. Are in the show notes. Um, but I the the top comment. I had like my window open wide enough, Zed, that I I saw the top comment, and the top comment uh, before I started watching the episode was. Charlie is vile or something to that effect. Uh, and so I was going into the episode being like, oh, no, what are we about to get? To? Um, what What are your thoughts on sort of like the dark tenor of this episode? The dark tenor is a great name for a horror movie about like a, a singer who has a secret. Murder at the opera yeah, or something. Pocketing that. Yeah, I think somebody's done yeah, a horror film about. Yeah. yeah. I think we've done films about people that murder people at the opera. Yeah, for sure. I think so too. 
Zed, your thoughts. Thoughts on Charlie. Uh, well, there's a whole like, layer. Like, sort of like the, the nastiness of, of like the aftermath of Capture the Flag. Because I really, I really was struck by that this week. Uh, that it just it felt like very different from, I don't know. Like we've had some moments that have been rough and they usually do revolve around Charlie. Um, but it just this like felt like this one felt like particularly contentious to me. I don't know. Yeah, I would say it's nighttime. They're tired. Uh, who knows if Charlie still has that concussion from getting knocked <laughs> over by the ball. It's possible. Those effects last a long time. Sure. Um, and the aggressors, there were aggressors being aggressive. Uh, and I also wonder if Charlie took it as a bit of a personal insult that they weren't able to succeed at what is sort of more in his wheelhouse of, you know, detective and policing work. Right. Um, and maybe he thinks if they just listened to his idea, which they didn't do, and they went with a group consensus, and why would you go with a consensus when you could just listen to the smart old man who knows how to do it? Uh, maybe he feels like if they had just listened to his idea, then everything would have worked out and been fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, the interesting thing is that we thought that the Charlie Kate thing had been mostly resolved right, because they exactly. do have that moment where he gets drunk and goes off on her. And then over the course of like watching her sacrifice her dignity for the sake of the team to win $40,000, he's like, Oh, I guess she's all right after all. Maybe we all learned something today. Da, 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 da. And now it's like, Oh wait, no, I didn't learn a single thing because I'm an old white man and I don't have to learn anything. Yeah. He jumped on the caboose of the Kate train and then he fell right back off that train. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the train ran over him. Well the train ran away. The train left the station. <laughs> Heartbreak City. All right, well let's talk about the episode. We'll go through it all. Uh of course, Mole Patrol at Robisawebsite.com. That's your direct line to Zed and Jess, not to me. I've got no idea what you're writing in there. And please don't at me at Round Howard on Twitter. You wanna at Haymaker Hattie and at Hard Rock Hope if you've got thoughts on the mole. Um so this episode begins with Andy Coops doing his thing where he's in like the Rocky whatever's with his leather coat on. And he's always got like some sort of catchy thing to say to reset the episode. And I really loved what he said this week. He says, Jennifer went home in the company of a trusted friend. And then there were five, Charlie, Jim, Kate, Catherine, and Stephen Preston. Uh, he says pressed on and he says it so quickly in a way that I thought that he was saying that Steven's last name was pressed on and that <laughs> cracked me up for like 10 minutes straight I, just I mean that's one of his names when he was undercover on. yeah Steven pressed on um, Steven's going to tell us that he has uh, that the game is getting to a point of contention where he is going to be reduced to playing at a level that is below his moral and ethical standards uh, and if he's the mole, I can't tell if this is either him just being glib or if he really is like a self-loathing mole. He hates this. He hates that this is his job. Doesn't love that he's doing all of this. Um, Jim, meanwhile, if he's the mole, he's loving it. He's, business is booming and business is good because he loves the mind games. He has a great line, uh, Jess, of I love watching how people work and how people don't work. Uh, that's great. I really like that. Yeah, I feel like I want I want Jim to go on other reality shows. Did Jim go on other reality shows? He did not. Not that I know of. He's okay. been he's been a TV host for a while okay. and um, he was on Cash Cab. But oh, nice. that doesn't really count as a reality show. Amazing. Um, so it's day 20, Zed. 
and everybody's in quarantine, right? Everyone's like, you got to go to your room. You can't leave your room. Is it only day 20? I don't think that's true. Right. <laughs> Not for us. That's <laughs> day like, I don't know. Day a lot. It's 150-something uh, over here. I know that much. Sure. Time uh, means nothing. <laughs> it's a flat circle. Uh, so Catherine and Stephen break quarantine violation they go to jim's room uh and a random bed check catches them in the act these high school idiots uh who are who can't follow the simple rule and they lose twenty five thousand dollars from the pot as a result and everyone looks so sad as anderson cooper is scolding them and he's not mad but he's like disappointed disappointed dad it's really it's really kind of surprising that Anderson Cooper didn't become a dad until this year because he has the dad thing on lock. Yeah. He's been our the, fathers forever. It's true. He's he's my daddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Does he have cowboy issues like all the best daddies? <laughs> oh man. Um but I was I was going to point out this is some um, there's two moments this episode that bring in this like what you will see later in the genius. And almost never on US TV. Uh, oh, Zed's got their chin hands on because <laughs> this is our wheelhouse. But they do a thing where they reveal something without setting it up. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where Anderson comes out like, we didn't know what the rules are. Nobody has explained this to us. Nobody has said this is like you didn't get Anderson voicing over. Uh, until after the fact, like everybody is now going to bed and they must stay there all night. And we have told them that he just explains after the fact, oh, yeah, we told you last night you weren't supposed to leave your room and somebody did. Right. And this is it is very interesting to me. I feel like if the mole had gone on longer, we would have seen a lot more moments like this. And we do see one, a bigger one, I think we'll get to it. But it's it's a weird choice to come up with that without setting it up first. Well, I wonder, is this like, is this like the urban legend of like James Clement leading a raid on the production tent in (laughs) Survivor Micronesia? Is it something like that? And what the mole does is like, um, it's playful with like production rules to some degree because like the mole works for us. The mole is part of production. So production itself is like an ingredient uh, for, for from which trouble can be uh, uh, constructed. So I, I wonder if it's something like that, if it wasn't even like your challenge tonight is to stay in your room. <laughs> I think it's more like the, the rules are like stay in your room. We're not yes. filming right now. We don't want you on camera. Stay in your room. And then like a random bed check shows uh, that that they didn't. And I wonder if it's like enough times that they had been doing this, that they were like, all right, well, if you do it again, you get a penalty or or what? I, it certainly makes me very suspicious of anyone from the the Jim, Stephen, and and Catherine crew. Not like there aren't a lot of people to be, uh, you know. It's it's very likely one of them at this point because it's either one of them or it's Charlie. And if Charlie's the mole, I have so many questions. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Uh, so I but but Catherine says it's lonely in our hotel rooms. I I don't care if we lost twenty five thousand dollars. I want human contact. And she's been away from other humans for oh, eight hours. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, if you are listening, weren't those the days? <laughs> you were on TV for a month and you couldn't see anyone. Oh, those the nostalgia. That was a good time. Catherine, 
nobody knows that there uh, is this like secret cabal between Jim and Steven. They have this very early deal that they struck. And the show has like referenced this a couple of times. But I do think like until now, the show has done a fairly poor job of explaining like the nature of that relationship, at least to me. And even now, I'm a little bit confused about how they say how they they're both like. And if either of you can illuminate this for me I would, in, in a non-spoilery way, I would certainly appreciate it. But they, they talk about how our agreement is the reason that Jennifer was executed. Um, how is something is there is there a non-spoilery way, Zed, of explaining how 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 they like come to that deduction that they are the reasons why Jennifer is gone. So I don't have an explanation for that. Maybe Jess does. Uh, but, theory, it is, but it is it is a little baffling that they just say that statement of it's our fault. Jennifer went home. Like end of sentence, end of discussion. Move on to another topic without yeah. any further explanation of how sharing information. Maybe they've collectively figured out who the mole is, so they're going for the same person and feeding Jennifer incorrect information. That's the best I've ever been able to deduce of how you would actively cause somebody else to get sent home within the structure of this game to begin with. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I figured. I I suspected that Jim may have even used the friendship he cultivated with Jennifer to gain her trust and deliberately mislead her uh, was the theory that I had. But this is the other genius moment. Like, I don't mean that it's genius because I think it is pretty flawed from a storytelling point of view, but it's a thing they're trying to do that the genius does later where they show something happening and you don't know why. And then they tell you, Oh yeah. Guess what? We've been working together right. all along. Right. And There's the key part. Rewind. And then yeah. they tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And let's then let's rewind right. and bring On a it all show back. That aired thirteen years later yeah. and had some time to learn how reality. Yeah, you TV get the, the Moby fueled flashback. You know, that's something that I yeah. think the mold or the mold get, flashback. We get Alexander <laughs> Hamilton and Eliza getting married, and then you have Angelica going back and telling the whole thing from her point of view. Anderson Cooper has a paintball gun. This is not a drill. Anderson Cooper has a paintball gun. And immediately I'm like, yes, here we go again. The good guys are going to lose once again. It's time. It's time for our, our, our team of our ragtag bunch of heroes and one villain to get destroyed in a challenge. Because if any kind of like warfare is involved, this team sucks. These people have no idea what to do, uh, but whether it's laser tag or now paintball, it's just not going to it's not going to pan out. And there's a great moment too where Anderson Cooper's like, now you all said it was unfair uh, when we did the, uh, the laser tag because they had the snipers had the guns. You didn't. Well, you'll have the guns. They won't have anything. And then like the four aggressors are just like Navy SEALs who drop in and just like systematically wipe out the entire uh, the entire team. Uh, this was so much fun. I, I really enjoyed this whole test. It was like it's like one of those like Wild West uh, movies. Just it's like this like Magnificent Seven stuff of like, mm-hmm. all right, the town is is going to be under heavy fire from bandits. and You've got until sundown to get everybody ready. So they're like corralling the I don't know. Do you corral a town? I don't know what you do to the town. You, you galvanize the mm-hmm. townspeople to assist you in the task, as yeah. I believe they did in the Magnificent Seven. But here's okay. Here's my moment of the podcast where I'm just going to drop something on the ground, and I'm going to wait for Zed to pick it up and run with it. And I think it's something we've touched on in previous podcasts. 
And I think it's also, this is a relic of pre 9 11 television storytelling. But a really disproportionately large number of these challenges involve evading snipers and shooting at people and avoiding getting shot at and getting kidnapped and you know protecting your property from invading aggressors in militaristic ways and it is very jarring in 2020 to watch this going on so zed i want to hear your thoughts on this and i will get i will sit back and get the popcorn because i know you have many yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I believe one week my display name was nonviolent protester of snipers. Um, <laughs> and I think we see compared to later seasons, it's it's not so directly violent. Um, it's, it's more puzzle solving oriented and less defend yourself from what we are calling aggressors, uh, <laughs> who seem to have flares and are setting fires, like even without paint guns, weapons, whatever. They didn't they tell them that, other, like, they have, right. they have, you know, weapons of war at their disposal. <laughs> they may not have paintball guns, but they have a truck, a helicopter, <laughs> flare guns. Uh, these are trained Navy SEALs who are going to army crawl and stealth camouflage their ways into your base. Uh, I would argue that having a flare gun counts as having a gun, which we did learn from the Breakfast Club. It's true. Was it a flare gun, though? I mean, they do launch some of those flares pretty high, unless the they've got like a major league baseball pitcher on their team. A flare slingshot? Yeah, flare slingshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I don't know. They do. They have plenty of tools that are not paintball guns. Uh, starting a real-life fire is not something that you can do a whole lot about with a paint gun. Um, so it's like, well, you got what you asked for, but maybe you didn't ask for the right thing when you were complaining it's about not having paw. paintball guns mm-hmm. What's several weeks done? ago. What should their, when they lodged their complaint, should their complaint have been, we want a challenge where we've got paintball guns and our opponents can only move at a slow crawl. <laughs> And have no, in the open and have no poor communication. Yeah. And and they all have to be thirty pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And extremely yeah. pasty. Yes. Anderson presents it as we've turned the tables and things are now exactly the opposite of last time. But that is not at all the case. It's five versus four, so a slight numbers advantage to, to the to the squad. Um, but they also are literally dealing with like clearly like trained like security operatives. And I want to point out these are people who've like probably killed like these seem like soldiers of fortune that they're up against. And when they got off of the helicopter, there's very clearly more than four of them getting off the helicopter. And I don't know if like a crew member got in the shot by accident. There's at least six people getting off that helicopter. You know, there is a great moment. I think it's a crew member where there's a shot of, I believe it's Jim and Kate and Catherine eating sandwiches. See, my eyes always drawn to the food items. Uh, And there's somebody who's just like walking around in the background. And it's either Stephen Preston or (laughs) it's a crew member. And maybe that's Preston. Uh, but they're, oh, they're, sure. it, it, there appears to just be like a crew member going, uh, oh, I'm in the shot. Oh, I'm sorry. And walks <laughs> away. Uh, 
the early 2000s. But you got to have that crucial shot of them eating the sandwiches Listen. in their hour and a half that they have to barricade this fortress against trained aggressors. You know, Are, do we want an aside about sandwiches? Because I've got one. We have one. This is yeah, the, we've got a, a very good food show. Uh, yes. The search for the mole will resume after a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now we're back to resume the patrol. Uh, we, we actually got an email this week from... Um, about sandwiches? Our, yes. yes. From our oh, friends... About the, the gray meat sandwich? Yes. Yeah, about the great meat sandwich um, from our, our good friend, uh, Spanish Tea, wrote into us and said, um, so in case Josh was being serious, I found it my duty to write in about the Spanish delicacies that are being enjoyed on the mole, namely the sandwich situation in episode five that yes. apparently continues on to episode six. In Spain, it is typical to have a large baguette filled with usually very simple ingredients to form what are called bo- bocadillos. The bocadillo is then always wrapped in tinfoil. The bocadillo culture here is huge and can be found in almost all aspects of daily life. Kids are going on a field trip, bocadillo. Halftime at a soccer match, bocadillo. Taking a broken fish fan filled with geese to a five-star resort and then having to go the rest of the way on a go-ped and a bike and then later sleep in a smart car, bocadillo. <laughs> and this, so then then this our contributor goes on to share a bunch of pictures of various bocadillos that look very delicious. And also the bocadillo de lomo, which is a pork loin sandwich filled with gray meat that okay, looks exactly like. That's my question. Yeah. And I remembered faintly that um, there is a small version of the bocadillo called a bocadito. Mm-hmm. And there is, I believe, still in Miami and used to be in the West Village of New York sadly closed before I ever started working in the neighborhood. Um, that was called 100 Bocaditos. And you would go in. in Montaditos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, a, they chain, had, they're a Madrid chain. And they, yes, had, a few, they had a few uh, shops here in the city for about two years. Yep. It was like very brief. They did not take off here the way that they did in Spain. But after wow. reading that email, it's all I've been thinking about for the last like three days. Yep, is and they had a, Montaditos. I found it in Miami. And that mm-hmm. was where we discovered it. And I'm like, oh, they have one in New York. I'll go there. But then, of course, we lived way uptown and they were way downtown and we never made it there. But you had like a 100 sandwiches on this menu and they're all like tiny, like about the size of a quarter of a regular sandwich. And you could order a lot of sandwiches. And it, it's like I, I can see like there's this wanting in Josh's eyes here. Yeah, I, I mean, this sounds incredible to me. Um, yeah. Not not surprised that there is like a, a great like sort of like simple sandwich culture uh, in, yeah. in in Spain. Uh, I was really mostly curious about what's the gray substance. Yeah. Uh, well, you can get pork loin. You can get pork loin sandwiches like 
on every street corner in New York City. Yeah. Also, I want to recommend if you're ever up on the Upper East Side, um, there's a Milano Deli on Third Avenue in the high 80s that has um, a sandwich that is a big crusty baguette with manchego cheese uh, and serrano ham yeah. and a little bit of oil and vinegar and that's all it is and it is perfect that sounds about the most spanish thing i can think of it's i i would be hungry now i would kill for some spanish ham right now if i had a sandwich we would be uh instituting a crunchy mouth sound segment on the <laughs> i think yeah i feel like we need like a special sandwich crunchy mouth sounds Version and we need to have like a we need to institute a reason to have a safe word is a and b the safe word being bocadillo. <laughs> yeah, we'll find it. Uh, okay. While we're on this tangent, uh, I was talking about Mole Patrol over in the patron group at one point, and Will from America commented uh, that the Mole Patrol is about many things, and around number six on that list is the TV show The Mole. Because uh, I, well, right. I was arguing that Mole Patrol is a political project. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I made up a list, and number one was Josh speculating about food, and number six was The Mole. Number, number two was me doing rants about the police. I'm on two food podcasts these days. <laughs> got the, the weekly food podcast here on uh, reality TV were half-ups, as well as The Mole. I feel like uh, we spend about as much time talking about food on that one as we do on this one. Uh, which Seems is, about right. As say the balances are uh, it's just like a, a thin, simple meat stuffed into a baguette. You know, it's a bread <laughs> and uh, one one thing in there. And I, I feel like number seven on that list definitely has to be breaking the fourth wall and talking about what this podcast actually is. Cause I feel like we do that every week. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, all right. So there is a little bit of like a power struggle, right. Of like, Charlie's got a suggestion. He thinks we should give up one target, uh, lose a battle to win the war. Uh, but no one wants to do that. Everyone wants to spread out. I kind of think Charlie may have been right. I think that may have been the way to go is to just like, abandon a power box and just like congregate around you know a, a more localized set of spots at the very least i think like you only you only have one person in the space with the with the with the flag with the with the lost wine bottle uh and it's the one person who we and maybe it's just tv editing but it's the one person who doesn't know how to use the paintball gun i'm surprised by this yeah, I agree. This week. Uh, loath as I am to agree with Charlie, um, I think his tactics were probably right. Because Thank you, having every even a broken clock, right? What twice a day? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, because those two power boxes are so isolated that if you're staying there guarding them, you've essentially lost two people in the fight. Um to staying in those stationary areas. And I think we even see Steven at one point, right? About to go chase after one of the guys. And then he's like, nope, I'm going to stay in my spot. Um, which is not necessarily the most useful activity for him yeah. to be doing, especially since he's clearly a good shot and Catherine is not. Yeah. Um they were probably screwed no matter what, Jess, because the mole had like a secret Yoohoo can connection to the to the hit squad. Yeah, that was that was the thing. And they kind of they were pretty upfront with this information, like, oh yeah, by the way, everything you come up with, the mole's just gonna tell them what you're gonna do. Did they they didn't tell the players though. They just told us. 
They, oh yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. it was just in voiceover. Yeah. By the way, the mole just told them all what their plans are. And yeah, I feel just, like just in case you thought there was a glimmer of hope for our, <laughs> our intrepid heroes. To win. And I, I feel like once you've seen one season of the mole, you know that you need to Tyrion Lannister it up when it comes to having a plan, you need to tell each person a different plan and then see which one the guys respond to. And that person is your bowl. Yeah. This, this seems like this would, uh, this would be a moment that blows up some, some future strategy. I would guess if these GoPro cameras on again, there's one moment where Kate is looking out into the horizon with the binoculars as the helicopters coming in. Like, how is she seeing past this GoPro (laughs) (laughs) angle on it? And it is just like straight in her face. Like, there is no room to see past that thing. I'm guessing they must have said, okay, stand here with the GoPro and put the binoculars up so we get the shot. Do that for 10 seconds and then you can take the GoPro off and look in the binoculars. Maybe, but like, I feel like, uh, I I feel like a little bit less, uh, it's starting to make a little more sense why sometimes these like very active, competitions they lose the ones where they have to wear the gopro helmets i don't know how you move around with that thing on just running in everything left and right i feel like it gets into your field of vision yeah like even more than when you're trying to look directly at it through binoculars so it's five past midnight zed and the crew is coming in it's the aggressors they're making their move and they are firing off into the air they're setting the field on fire they're like driving their their jeep down into the middle of the thing and like throwing molotov cocktails into the center of the castle there's one guy who's army crawling at one point as uh the jeep like speeds off past him like there's a dark alternate universe where that did not work out well for the person doing the army crawl this whole competition i feel like is very dangerous Yeah, the military-industrial complex was already bad before 9-11 happened, lest we forget. And it's only gotten worse. This is terrifying! This is terrifying! This is very scary. I think when they when they set up like there's four aggressors, you've got the paintball guns, I think I really expected it to be just like people emerging from the shadows, Jess, and like that's basically it, and like you just have to keep a sharp eye, but it's like it's like a it's full, like, like, it's like shock da, da, and awe. Da, 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 very scary. Yeah, it's very much, oh, hey, guys, we're here. We're aggressing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're aggressing. I guess it was in the name. I guess it was. It's right there. Yeah, um, it's true. I, I feel like if I were trying to capture a bowl and knock it off of its thing, I would probably be a little more stealthy. But that is just me. And as you know, I have no military training whatsoever. Yeah, uh, this is wild. It was wild. So yeah, they uh, they get smoked here. I don't know. Do we need to like arc this out beat by beat? They get rocked. This doesn't go well. There's the moment where like Kate's like, I see a guy. Uh, I'm putting my flashlight on the guy. And Charlie's like, where's the flashlight? I can't see it. It's right next to you. I can't, I can't see the flashlight, Kate. I don't know what you're doing wrong. She's like showing, shining it on the exact spot. And Charlie's losing his top. Uh, and Steven's like, I hear what you're saying, that there's an intruder, <laughs> but I'm choosing not to do anything about it. Um, and then Catherine is there and she can't get a shot off. She has the safety on. And uh, in uh, a, a harrowing line of Charlie being like, why would you have the safety on? You got to run around with the safety off. You got to be. I've had my safety off for hours. Oh, I was like, oh, I bet you have, sir. Uh-huh. 
I, yeah, I, I think Charlie came with no safety. Yeah. 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 It came with no safety. Uh, I don't know who he's leaving with, but it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's it's not good. And this is this is when he he goes off on Kate because Kate's like, all right, well, Charlie ignored me. And Charlie's like, I didn't ignore you. You lied to me. You put the flashlight in the wrong place. He calls her terrible things that I'm not going to repeat because Kate's an angel. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure. Am I allowed to be mad at a at a person who's from reality TV who's no longer with us? Because I'm furious. I think that's the best kind of person to be mad at, Josh, because he's definitely not going to come back at us. Unless, of course, we put it out all of a sudden, like our furniture starts shaking and like stuff flies off the oh, shelves. God. Well, I'm not going to play Ouija. The sheets on the bed start wiggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out. Yeah. That is a pre-podcast joke that's very yes. funny to three people. Yep, that uh, was just for us. That was, you know, you got to do one for us. <laughs> Every so often. Um. Charlie, you monster. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you come after Kate like that? Uh, and later he's going to be like, I never apologized to Kate because uh, I meant every word that I said. Like, how do, how do you, I guess maybe the other thing, the other factor in play here is that maybe he didn't quite grasp, like, this is a pre-reality TV world we're living in here in 2000 when they're filming this. He didn't quite grasp how he was going to come across. Like maybe he was that naive that he figured that people are going to think it's cool. Like I'm just the gruff old cop guy and, you know, I'm just telling it like it is. And I I feel like maybe he probably didn't even get the full force of what the public's reaction should have been back in the day because he didn't live in the Twitter era. Yeah. Right. If this had aired yesterday, like he would get ratioed into oblivion. Yeah, Charlie's on Twitter if this airs today. I don't know. I I think so. I think everybody. It's the same way. Like reading things that he means to Google. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. How do I Twitter? That's his first tweet. Yeah, it's kind of like how um, Dave O'Leary from The Amazing Race used to sign all of his Facebook posts with his name. Yeah, he'd comment. Or you comment on your on your post and you'd be like, hey, this was really cool. Dave O'Leary. <laughs> <laughs> it made me sad when he stopped doing that. That's great. That's great. Uh, man, it's tense, though. It's, you know, Charlie is mouthing off about Kate. Uh, there's a lot of finger pointing towards Catherine that either Catherine is you're a bad shot or you missed on purpose. Uh, Catherine is very upset. She cries with with Kate. She feels like she lost the $80,000. The show um, the show puts you in a position where you as the viewer must be suspicious of people and Catherine being my number one mole suspect. If I'm staying that true all the way down at the line, on one hand, like I feel awful for Catherine if she's not the mole and she's just like feeling so terrible in this moment. And then on the other hand, I have to allow some room to be like, Catherine, this is Oscar worthy. Like this is very, very, very good performance work right now. Um, but Jim is pissed. He's like, I had my post covered. No one was coming to my spot. Um, and Steven's just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just didn't move. I was here the whole time. Um, so yeah, it's just a. It's I, I love when Catherine mouths off. Like you guys are mad at me. You guys are all a bunch of macho a holes who need to be out there running around playing guns. And you left me behind. 
I think Catherine reads them the riot act and uh, deservedly so. Catherine is like the the caricature of the strident feminist that dudes were afraid of in 2001. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I will- and she's not wrong about anything no. ever. No, but she got it right here for sure. Uh, even if she missed, but that's fine. She's definitely, she's definitely supposed to come off as the emasculating Herod in here, and it's I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Charlie's like, I don't think the finger pointing's doing any good. No one's no one's benefiting from the except when I pointed at Kate. Except right. when I tell Kate that she's the worst human who's ever walked the planet. <laughs> Kate. Uh so that that was a disaster. And well, it's the, it's a it's like the it's the majority of the episode too, and it is an eighty thousand dollar loss. I'm gonna draw a comparison to a more recent reality TV moment when this happened and how differently this played. Uh, think about Survivor Worlds Apart. Yeah. And exactly think about Will Sims about. going off yep. on Shireen. Yes. And think about like how universally horrified everybody was to watch that happen. Yes. And I don't think it was kind of this. I don't think it was the same reaction back then. We didn't yeah. know where the bar was. Yeah. Drawing the line between criticizing someone's gameplay and criticizing someone's humanity. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's not great. I mean, I wonder how much of that is just like taken out for for space here. Jim doesn't strike me as the kind of person who is like biting his tongue in this moment. And he even does say later on, like, if we get rid of Charlie, at least that's one like uh, we're, we're minus an asshole who is just like constantly being terrible to Kate. And like he had that moment a few episodes ago. Where he was like, uh, have you ever been around people before? (laughs) (laughs) Which was was good. So I I hope so. I I hope that there were people in the moment who were uh, standing up to Charlie there. Because it it really was pretty effed up. Uh, Not happy to see any of that. So it's, it was it, harder to watch because we didn't see anybody doing that. Yes, for sure. It's 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 hard to watch. It's it's a it's a really low point for the show up to this point, and then it is immediately followed by like this huge moment of tonal whiplash we don't talk about the teasers very often but we go from this moment where charlie literally says this was a low point uh that this event was a low point and then we cut to like the teaser for what's going to come back when we're back from commercial and it's kate in the middle of this spanish town running after a carriage with no context (laughs) screaming i see the carriage i see the carriage i see the carriage and i'm sitting here watching that being like all right thank god okay we're gonna get back on the rails here coming out of this episode coming out of this uh segment this is the carriage challenge jess uh you go to a library you find the books you find the tickets the golden tickets to ride the carriage uh, and Andy Cooper is uh, Andy Coops tells Kate uh, like I know you're not thrilled about this one you don't like to read and I'm like girl same <laughs> yeah meanwhile I'm watching this challenge and I'm like I'm like Cliff Clavin in the first half of the Jeopardy game like they should just send me to get all yeah. the tickets Silence of the Lambs everyone gets that it's like, yeah Silence yeah. of the Lambs um, the, you, the, some of these are really hard uh, number two is this title is out of order. It's the 666th book in the novel section. That's tough. What if you count it wrong? That's horrible. This That one could go awry pretty easily. And uh, not even for the reason that it does go awry. The reason it does go awry is very stupid. Um, what else is there? Uh, there's like a novel based on the character of a scientist and his mean alter ego. The kids like this one. Is this Jekyll and Hyde or is this the Hulk? 
it's I'm pretty sure it's Jekyll and Hyde, but they say the children's edition. That's and I'm like, I, what I, is there? A, is there a pop up <laughs> picture book about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Does he murder like people? He's the kids like this one. It's like, oh, the Incredible Hulk. Well, this is my first thought because I'm a child and that's what I thought. Um, the big, okay, big comics are for everyone, Josh. They really are. Graphic novel section in your library. Go check it out. There's lots of great stuff in there. Um, I, I co-sign what Andy Coop says at the end of this. Like, you should all spend more time at your local library. <laughs> it's a, it was a great moment. Um, this is this is not even really that tricky of a challenge. Like, you have to you get the ticket for a certain stop. You have to use that ticket at that stop. That's the only way it works. And Charlie screws it up. Um, <laughs> Of course, of course he does. Uh, he can't read the instructions. Why? Oh, this is the two. The three looks like a two. What are you? What are you gonna do? What? what, what? And so he's like running around. He doesn't know. The instructions don't apply to Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just let me on. He's Charlie. Uh, she doesn't have to. I'm at a stop. I have a ticket. What do you want from what me? What do you want? I'm in the carriage. You're not going to kick. You're going to have to take me off this carriage. If he just gets thrown off. Uh, so, so he made the mistake. Uh, he is, he is out of it for the moment. Um, there's this moment where Jim has his hand on a book, says there's no ticket in there. And then Catherine double checks. She's like, there's absolutely 1000% a ticket in here. Um, suspicious so that's if that's if that's mole behavior he got caught if that's him trying to throw someone off the scent very clever uh find the classic book with the blood-sucking predator who loves that sweet nightlife uh and i believe when they go through uh the 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 cards what are they called against the the card catalog card catalog yeah Remember, Josh, you're old enough that you would have used a card catalog. I'm old enough that I used a card I catalog had for the kids in the audience. Out, but I don't know if they do Dewey Decimals. And, and Mostly they do Library of Congress now, but I think like small town public libraries still do Dewey Decimal. Did it say Bran Stoker? I did not notice that. I feel like Bran, like the raisin. Like, like Bran the Broken? Yeah, like Bran the Broken. I think they said Bran Stoker. And I'm smart enough to know that that's wrong. See, mm-hmm. I still got something. Uh, oh, well, I found Dracula, but this one's by Brand Stoker. Yeah. This can't be right. It's a, a fake ticket. Well, they say, you know, one of these is wrong, so. Uh, Charlie runs around. He's got to find a, a, uh, a book that has uh, lines from a, a hit Broadway musical. Goes, okay, let's see. It was, he's reading the excerpt. It was red and yellow and green and brown. Scarlet and black and open and <laughs> Reuben was the first of the children of Israel. Okay, I will. No, please continue, Josh. No, I'm going to stop myself. Uh, yeah, you know that that hit uh, that hit Victor Hugo musical, "The Last Day of the Condemned Man." Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great moment where Anderson Cooper is like, Charlie, what are you doing? It's, I'm looking for Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are. Oh, man. He's looking for Frankenstein. And like the big drama is, is Charlie going to 
A, find a ticket or B, get to the spot because like they keep like showing that they're on spot number, like stop number seven. And then Charlie finds Frankenstein after running past it 800 times and he runs outside. And I don't know how you do like kind of a montage of just a person standing in a single spot, but they pull it off. <laughs> That's what the ball chooses to do. Uh, and you see like, because you keep seeing the, the carriage driver like Xing out the sidewalk as they go to each spot. And they do that at stop number eight. And you're like, oh, shit, of course. There's no way. And then they pull up in the carriage and Charlie's in the carriage. Like, yeah, I'm here. There's this bullshit about stop number two, but you can't stop me. Uh, <laughs> and it was great editing trickery uh, to, to, to build that drama in. But that that must be on the list of the phoniest uh, like editing manufacturer jobs of the season so far. I, I would have to think that he was able to get to to the eighth spot with with time to spare Jess. Yeah, you have to think so. And they and again, it's one of these like, hey, we're going to fake you out that nobody could possibly get this done and then after the fact someone comes through. Yeah. And it's it's a very similar shot to the one where they give Kate the opportunity to do all the things and then she's silhouetted as she appears <laughs> and she has in fact done all the things. Yeah. But it's more like, oh, Charlie found a piece of paper and got on a carriage, and that's definitely as good as doing all the things. Mm -hmm. And I think when they show you the map of where the stops are at the beginning, stop eight is like practically right outside the library. It's like, here's your last chance if you're cutting it really close. And in fact, if they'd had the strategy about it, they probably should have found that one as quick as they could as a backup in case anybody... I don't know, happen to mess up and get on at the wrong stop and have to get back off. <laughs> Stupid Charlie. Uh, yeah, so they got one. That's good. Good job, everyone. Pot is up to $400,000 with four people still in contention. Um, dinner time, I didn't stop down to note any of the food choices. I've, You're uh, slipping up, Josh. I'm slipping. <laughs> I'm slipping. You also missed the uh, flock of people that were following Steven around, helping him get to his carriage oh, spot. That. Was that a thing? <laughs> yeah. There's a shot of him standing on a corner, checking like the street signs and then checking his map, and there's like 12 girls around him, and he's like, this way? And they're like, yes, this way. And he starts going, and they all go with him. Like little ducklings following him along to his stop. This is very reminiscent of like early season Amazing Race when they get somebody to go with you all day. Following people around, Pied Piper strategy. Uh, I like when like there was like a there was a wedding. And so, like, yes, everyone in the wedding was like, oh, yeah, they loved it. They loved it. That was great. That was really great. Uh, so it's dinner time. Steven has a really funny line where he says, I think the bull took the day off because we're just so pitiful. Uh, so bad for us, whoever it is. Uh, really funny. We get into like, Charlie's terrible. Charlie was really mean to Kate. Uh, but wouldn't be sad to see Charlie go, go, uh, Jim wants him to go. Then he doesn't have to stick around to be nasty to Kate. Kate is obviously upset and like trying not to be terribly upset on television. Um, and that sucks. It sucks. And it's where Charlie's like, uh, well, I didn't apologize to Kate. I meant what I said. Well, cool, Charlie. That's great. That's great. How nice for you. How nice for you. Um, all right, mole quiz. Uh, Jim, Jim's starting to think that Catherine's a good mole candidate. Um, she says something like, people make mistakes, but 
when you when you saw well, he did like the 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 blood spatter analysis he did like the paint spatter uh, he's like the shot went way left uh he's like trying to like get really forensics uh it's like the dexter of the, mm-hmm. of the episode. <laughs> tonight's the night uh <laughs> Steven, I uh, was like, well, my my agreement with Jim has been good, but as we're getting to the end, like maybe he's gonna he's gonna turn on me. Catherine is suspicious of Jim, um, but it's not Jim, it's not Steven, it is Kate. Kate, whose green has been her lucky color all season long, Zed, and now it's red. The color of the mole. The color. Of the this mole. left her at last. Yeah. Ah. Uh, fades away like the green in her hair. Ah. Uh, I hope that the the green stayed forever. It was forever? already. Yeah. It was already fading by this episode. Like she was way less green than she was two episodes ago. It was the most temporary of hair dyes. This is a bit of intrigue that the episode leaves us on is that uh, Catherine tells us that she and Kate were going for two different people. And it tells her something that Kate is the one who's gone. And Kate says to us, I, I went after one person. I was following the wrong lead, which means I know who the mole is. My backup is probably the answer. Um, so that's either like a big red herring uh, or a green herring, if you want to call it that. Um, or uh, there is there is there is something here. Um, but that's it for Kate. And I'm so sad because Kate has been a delight. Kate has been an absolute delight on this uh, on this show. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. She, but she has such a good attitude. A, fa- a fantastic time. This was a ball, she says. Even when I was getting reamed out by some random old dude that doesn't know what he's talking bring about. bring Reem into this because <laughs> I don't want to. Dude! Uh, I would dude. love to see Reem give Charlie what yes. for, though. Yes. 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 Are you Could we maybe, me? like... Could we maybe like buy a cameo and ask Reem to pretend that she is yelling at Charlie? This could be uh, cathartic. Can we? Uh, I imagine that Reem charges like a thousand dollars per cameo, uh, so we need to get the 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 mole patrol, the the, the mole people to BRB setting up the GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> set set that up. Send in your money. It'll definitely go to the Reem cameo and not to us. <laughs> definitely we had edited out the laughter uh, so, uh, <laughs> it's not the first week it's not the first time this week we've tried to shake down people for money for something that's never happening well you just gotta give it a, you, you know you gotta work your angles where you can um, alright that's the mole season one episode six we're down to four it's Jim it's Steve it's Catherine it's Charlie uh, and one of them is going to win and one of them is the mole and there are three episodes left but only two of which are active kills Zed the final one is just like full reunion that is correct okay. uh, The fin- well the final one is where it will be revealed who is the mole who is the winner and who I suppose is the final active kill of the season do we um, do we want to podcast about that Separately, or do we want to combine that with episode eight? Do you think, Jess? What makes the most sense? It's it's a good question. I feel like we should have an answer end, for sure locked in next week. We ended on a cliffhanger if we don't. Yeah, and I think I think it's kind of we want to treat it like Survivor. Yeah, like you find out who the winner is, and then you have the reunion special. And I do not recall that there. I think we're gonna want to talk through right away like all of the things because it'll then go back and show you like here's how you should have known it was the mole 
Yeah, I I think uh, I want to do next week, and then I want to do the week after that. Let's do episodes eight and nine, and then we'll do a feedback show. Yep, yep. yep where we yep, where yep. we have people submit to the yep. mole off, and yes. we take yes. a very long quiz that has been submitted to me for the two of you to take. Oh, amazing! Ooh. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which. You got any games? I got our usual game, and I have tailored it to your specific interests this week, um, based on previous iterations of the game. Animal Crossing? Mm, no. I do have an animal-themed one coming up. Okay. In the oh, okay. Do not study. I, I cannot help with Animal Crossing. Okay. But I got, because... I got I, it's good. But this week, we have three... Um, we have three questions and I think you're going to you're going to enjoy all three of the categories that I've gone with this week, starting with the first one, which is about uh, someone that the two of you have demonstrated, you know, a lot about. So this should be pretty easy for you. Our first category this afternoon is Dustin Diamond. <laughs> oh, man, I really screwed up by like flexing my 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 screech know how. Yeah. And um, yeah, by the way, we want to I want to set up the parameters right away that oh um, Dustin Diamond got canceled in 2009. So yeah. all of these these four shows that I'm going to describe to you all took place before 2009, all featured Dustin Diamond prominently. And one of them is fake reality shows, all reality shows. He was on so many reality shows and these are not even ones like I, one of these I feel like was in the zeitgeist and the rest of them were absolutely not. Okay, so only only so, one is a fake. One fake and, and three real. Yeah, one fake and three real. All right. And I, I think one of them you may have recalled because it was pretty... Anyway, we'll, okay. we'll get in there. Okay. All right, so um, option A is Star Dates, uh, which aired in 2004 on the E! Channel. The premise is ordinary people are set up on dates with B-list celebrities, including <laughs> Gary Coleman, Phyllis Diller, and jimmy walker dustin's date was a professional bodybuilder named robin who would later go on to star in the 2008 reboot american gladiators oh okay so there's believable to me zed yeah Yeah, there seems reasonable (laughs) well (laughs) reasonable (laughs) we had a different bar for reasonable Uh back in the early aughts yeah, my bar has been severely lowered based on uh, a lot of other things I have yeah. learned through this game in the yeah. past several weeks. True. Yeah, well, we're we're not done yet. We got three more Dustin Diamond offerings to oh. go through. Okay. All right, so that's all right. Star date number one, Starlog. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, all right, our second option tonight is Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling. Okay. This aired in 2008 on CMT. Ten celebrities including Dennis Rodman, Trishel Canatella, and Todd Bridges, train with real professional wrestlers and then show off their moves to a panel of judges, including Hulk Hogan. Okay. Dustin's most memorable moment was probably defeating Danny Bonaducci in week six by hitting him with a folding chair. Uh, so does that mean um, in like the rock, paper, scissors, uh, Dustin Diamond beats Danny Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci beats Johnny Fairplay. Johnny Fairplay beats Dustin Diamond. I mean, we need to come up with with gestures for all of these people. Like, yeah. I, I know we do the Fairplay fingers yeah, for Fairplay. Fair that I don't know. I don't know what we do for the for the douche, but I don't want to know what we do for Dustin Diamond. <laughs> oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could do your research, but I'm not interested. I, I uh, think I know what you do for that, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway. All right. All right. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Um, 
All right, hey, number maybe, three. Maybe don't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe just, just forget it. Exactly. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Ted. Yeah, they just forget that didn't happen. Yes, yes correct. <laughs> All right, celebrity boxing in 2002 on the Fox Channel. Z-list celebrities are paired up in the boxing ring with minimal training. Dustin fought Ron Polillo, best known for portraying Horshack in Welcome Back, Cotter. And okay. Dustin won the fight with a TKO in round two. Okay. And then your final your final show of this category is Celebrity Scissor Hands, which aired in 2006 on the Oxygen Channel. Actress Morgan Fairchild, comedian Bruce Falange, and American Idol champ Fantasia are among the celebrity contestants who give haircuts to brave volunteers who are donating their hair to Pantene Beautiful Lengths. A panel of judges eliminates the worst cut each week. Dustin was the first one eliminated when the scissors slipped and he accidentally gave his client a bald spot. Ooh. All right. Uh, well, if, if that's true, then he throws scissors. So that makes this a little easier. We don't have to do any more research than that. Um, all right, Zed, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. The boxing one is definitely true. Okay. He definitely, he definitely did the boxing one. Uh, that I remember. So did he do boxing and wrestling? Or do we take wrestling out because it's too similar to, to boxing? I'm not sure. The inclusion of Dennis Rodman makes me think it's real. Uh, (laughs) Because because Dennis Rodman literally played hooky from the Bulls to go do a wrestling thing with Hulk Hogan in the 90s. This is, in my very niche sports knowledge of the 90s Bulls, Dennis Rodman is a thing that I know a little bit about. Yes, this is not the last time we're going to talk about Dennis Rodman on this podcast. Of course it's Fantastic. Uh, (laughs) So then maybe we are accepting that Dustin Diamond enjoys... uh, reality like reality combat competition mm-hmm. uh, so then we're accepting that he both boxed and wrestled which leaves us with star date or scissor hands what year was scissor hands 2006 what was 2006. the full title of scissor hands celebrity scissor hands versus star date i th- i i think Stardate sounds like something he would do. Mm-hmm. So does Celebrity Scissor Hands. <laughs> it sounds like he would do just about anything. <laughs> That's, That's kind of what of we problem. learned. Yeah. You have a strong take? Uh, I really don't. I was trying to think. I was thinking about Fantasia and when Fantasia was on American Idol. Yeah. Season three. Who were the who were the judges again on that one? Um, the judges were salon experts. Uh, I didn't feel it was germane well, to the description, sorry, but sorry. the other the other contestants: yeah, Morgan Fairchild, Bruce Valanche, Fantasia. Okay. <sighs> Feels a tiny bit late for Fantasia, but maybe that makes it make sense. Exactly. Exactly. I think it I think it might make it make sense. I think maybe star dates the fake. All right, let's go with star dates. We're going with star date. I'm so competitive. I hate being wrong about these. You have to get it wrong. Yep, you are wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh the fake show and the fake this has an asterisk on it. The fake show is celebrity scissor hands. Yeah. But I should I should uh, give you the caveat that celebrity scissor hands is one hundred percent a real show in the UK. 
Okay. All right. It, it was an actual show on the BBC. All right. And my adaptation, I'm getting better at it uh, faking you out with fake celebrities. Really? I know. Yeah, but yeah, you're I. Like, you're adapting to our, our patterns. I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just like, I'm like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Never go. Yep. Okay. All right, so your second category tonight is a repeat of a previous category. We're doing, once again, Survivor alums, other gigs. Okay, great. great. And I, I'm going to... This is hard because I really want to see your faces when I describe some of these. Um, okay. So, all right. First up, we have a show called Foursome, which aired in 2006 on Playboy TV. Oh, great. <laughs> Four singles spend 24 hours in a mansion where they are instructed to participate in erotic icebreakers and encouraged to hook up in this very uncensored show. Many contestants would go on to appear in other reality shows, including four-time Survivor contestant Ozzy, who does, let's say, fully partake of the festivities. Okay. All right. Okay. Character-wise, that checks out. Well, he definitely is known for having done some semblance of, like, Maybe kind of, sort of, softcore something that is known. I just don't know if it's this. I don't know if Jess is playing with something that is known about Ozzy or if this is the thing. I don't know. All right. Anyway. All right. Carry through. Option two. And this is a little bit of a stretch because I know we're supposed to be doing like the first decade of the 21st century, but this is um, Saddle Ranch, which aired in 2011 on VH1. And Survivor Thailand's Rob Zabaknik was among this cast of sexy wannabe actors and models who moonlighted as bartenders at this famous Western-themed bar in L.A. Uh, well, whatever we do, don't tell Rob to go back and podcast about that. It feels like he finally cleared the Rob Z hurdle. Uh, we don't want to go. Yeah, I think we're everyone's yeah. over that now. Yeah. Okay. So Saddle Ranch. Okay. And what number three is that? that was 2011. 2011. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, number three, we have The Full Bounty, which aired in 2006 on TBS. Aspiring bounty hunters compete in challenges based on the everyday life of a bail bondsman and learn more about the trade as they vie for a cash prize. Survivor Guatemala's Amy O'Hara, the tough-talking Boston cop, made it as far as the final five, but after aggravating an ankle injury she sustained while filming Survivor, she had to withdraw from the competition. Uh, if this is real and I'm just finding out about it for the first time, I am going to beat you down. I'm going to be so mad <laughs> that I didn't know about it already. Can we call Jordan Kalish? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And finally, your fourth option tonight is uh, Protagonistas de Novela, which was on in 2002 on Telemundo. And uh, wannabe actors compete for a chance to win a role on an upcoming telenovela. Survivor Africa's Jesse Camacho competed on season two and came in third place. Yo, Zed, throw a dart. I have no, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no clue on this one. I'm stumped. Um, like the only thing I have any input on is that I think uh, I, I think that there's something Playboy Channel-y in Ozzy's past. I just don't know if it's this. And so if we're trying, if if you're trying to to, if we're gonna get got, then this would be how we'd get mm-hmm. gotten. Got get uh, <laughs> get gotten. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I have got no it. instincts on this one. Yeah. Zero, zero thoughts on the matter. 
What I didn't understand the premise of the Saddle Ranch Western Bar. What? It's uh, they just go through like the everyday lives of the actors and models who moonlight at bar as bartenders at this bar. It's sort of Vanderpump Rulesy, I guess. I th- mm. And I think that uh, the Rob with two B's was angling in that direction. I mean, who wasn't on those shows in those days? Mm-hmm. Just trying to think of, uh, is he doing that in 2011? He's, show- he's showing up to the Heroes versus Villains premiere event to get into some kind of <laughs> heat with, become, <laughs> to create some sort of smoke with somebody. But, um, I don't think it was Rob. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hmm. You don't know if Jesse Camacho was on. Uh... No, I think that I think that that sounds relatively legit to me. Um, I think that Jesse Camacho, if we're talking about uh, Jesse Camacho of uh, Lock and Key and uh, of uh, the Lost Down the Hatch and Rob has a podcast listenership, um, but it, this is not the same Jesse Camacho, but different Jesse Camacho. Um, I think I I cannot imagine that the Amy O'Hara one is true and I didn't know it. You want to go with that one? Yeah. Oh God, I hate the idea of bounty hunting as a competitive television program. Yeah. But that also feels very American. It's fake. It's a fake. Uh, Okay, you guys locking that in? No. Uh, then I don't know. Yes, we're locking it in. That one. Right. We'll go with that one. We'll go with that one. Trust your gut. You guys are right. Yeah. However, oh. however, the oh. full bounty is actually the oh. fake reality show featured on one of the seasons of the Joe Schmo Show. Okay. Which you guys are familiar with the Joe Schmo yeah, show, yeah, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. This was like the third season of it when they did the reboot. And uh, this guy thought he was competing on a bounty hunter show. And one of the contestants was Lorenzo Lamas. And one of them was a girl who was allegedly deaf, but she wasn't really deaf. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mess. And also, yeah, the Aussie thing, 100% real. And I have seen it. Yeah. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> See, I knew I knew there was something like that. I just didn't know if it was going to be like you knew that I knew that there was something like that. Uh, but I that kind of assumed you did know, but yeah. I, I also this was a delightful road to go down. Yeah, I have not watched it, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> all right, and finally this week, um, your final category is on the job, and these are all docu series of various um, various professions. Okay. I guess this might be my shout out to my other show, Tough as Nails. Yes. Okay. So your first your first show in this category is Sunset Town, which aired in 2007 on the E Network. This series chronicles the lives of the managers and employees of an LA tanning salon as they wait on celebrity guests and attempt to impress the big bosses in order to be considered for what? Oh, is Shut that up, Siri? Siri? Oh, Siri! Shut up, Siri! Siri, keep talking. You're going to spoil it for us. Give us the answers. <laughs> oh my God, we phoned it. We got a lifeline, Zed. I said this series and series like. Oh, oh, you said it again. You said it again. It was like Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's a crazy word. Okay. Or Anderson's Funhouse. Reset. 
Reset. It's all We're going to try it again. This show chronicles <laughs> the lives of the man. <laughs> this Do program. This program. Suddenly a robot voice. Uh, you've contacted program. <laughs> it's like a giant robot that comes mm-hmm. through the door and like captures me. Yeah. 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 Oh, I've still a program. program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Sunset Tan. Robot portion of multiple. <laughs> it makes sense that as we are this deep into the season, uh, we reveal a uh, an act three twist that robots have been here the whole time. I mean, I how many one... RHAP shows can we reference in <laughs> one episode of Mole yeah. Patrol? Yeah. I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. I do too. <laughs> Sunset Tan 2007 on the E Network. This program chronicles the lives of the managers and employees of an LA tanning salon as they wait on celebrity guests and attempt to impress the big bosses in order to be considered for a management position at the salon's forthcoming Vegas franchise. Okay. Option two Plum Crazy, that's P L U M B, in 2009 on CMT. Viewers are equally educated, entertained, and grossed out when brothers Jake and Scooter Burke of the Nashville Plumbing Company Burke and Sons tackle crazy leaks, wade through unimaginable filth, and marvel at the variety of strange things people get stuck in their pipes. Yeah. Option three, Verminators, aired in oh. 2008 on Discovery. This program follows a Los Angeles-based pest control company as they eradicate cockroaches, ants, termites, mice, birds, and other pests from area homes and businesses. And finally, Parking Wars, which aired in 2008 on the A&E channel. This docuseries follows employees of the Philadelphia Parking Authority as they write tickets, boot cars, and work the impound lot. That feels very real. Yeah. Um, I feel like Plum crazy. I'm not. I'm not plum crazy about plum crazy. I feel like we don't use the word plum in this context nearly enough as mm-hmm. a, as a people. But I just don't know if this one is the one. I think it's either that or Verminator because I don't know who wants to watch the Verminator. Verminator. Yeah, but, I don't know. But Discovery will air kind of anything. So, so Verminators was on Discovery. What was on plum? What was Plum Crazy on? CMT. I mean, you guys have gotten burned by CMT before. Can you give us titles and and networks real quick? Yep. Sunset Tan on E. Mm -hmm. Plum Crazy on CMT. Verminators on Discovery. And Parking Wars on A&E. You think Sunset Tan was a thing? I don't specifically remember it, but I have. But that feels real to it me. Feels real. Um. Mm, I don't know. I I agree with your assessment of the plumbing show that we don't use that word in that way nearly enough which makes me feel like yeah like on it was on cmt like i don't know that they're gonna like like i don't think that they're gonna go with like plum crazy and people are gonna be like oh i'm plum surprised that you've decided to call this plum crazy that's i mean if anyone's going to it's gonna be cmt maybe 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 but i don't know about the title is my question i don't know if that title makes it to cmt i feel like uh they would uh 
sooner call it like crack the case. But I also was like, crack is in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, Something about pipes and draining. And you know, just said earlier to go with our gut, and my gut tells me plum crazy. All right, let's do it. That's it. Locking it in. That's, yeah. that's our answer. All right, you're correct, but I want yes! you to help me. But I want you to help that's me workshop a better three. name. Ah! It's been a good week for us. Yes, thank you, robots. Yeah, I had a hell of a time coming up with a good name for that show, mm-hmm. and I need you to help me workshop a better one because I yeah. feel like a reality show that's a docu series about plumbers could be very interesting. Yes, uh, take the plunge. Ah, that's that is good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, got it in one. Yep. I mean, Weird Al beat me to blame it on the drain. So <laughs> I told my uh, my seven year old nephew about Weird Al the other day for the first time. He's really into he loves the song Beat It by Michael Jackson. Uh, oh, no. And I tried to tell him, have you ever heard of Eat It? He's like, what's that? You know Weird Al? I don't. Like, well, next time I see you, we'll be bopping to that. I feel like seven is the right age for Weird Al. He's ready. He's That's def- when I discovered him. He's ready for like a curated Weird Al soundtrack. Probably like uh, everything you know is wrong is not going to make it yet because it gets like kind of dark. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. A, there's skip. Few, yeah. Yeah. Skip Christmas at Ground Zero. Skip Trigger Happy. Mm-hmm. Trigger Happy's not making the list. I think uh, Got a Funny Feeling You Don't Love Me Anymore isn't going to make the list. That's really dark too. Uh, one more minute. Yeah. There's a, a lot of the originals I don't think will make it. Uh, he's got less dark. He'll love the polkas, though. The polkas, he's going to be. Polkas are the best. And the Star Wars ones, he's going to be really in. Have you noticed how there's like a curve of uh, like as time goes on, like the number of songs that you hear for the first time as Weird Al does them? Mm-hmm. It starts out very high yeah. and then it goes very low and then it gets high again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Weird Al, big Survivor fan. It's just a matter of time before we get Weird Al on uh, the Rob as a Podcast Network. Who do we get first, Andy Coops or Weird Al? Weird Al. Yeah, probably. That seems, that seems right. That seems right. Um, hey, look, Mole Patrol. We did it. We're back. We've got, we've got a couple weeks left here in season one of Mole Patrol. We're going to do episode seven next week. Then we're going to do eight and nine as a, as a back-to-back finale extravaganza in one podcast. And then we will do a feedback show. And yes, as Jess mentioned before, if you want your song parodies, speaking of Weird Al, featured on the Mole Podcast, send them in. Mole Patrol at Rob has a website.com. We will feature them at the very end of the season in that special feedback show. So make sure you send that in. Make sure you're writing them. Mole Patrol at Rob has a website.com. What should we give the winner? Uh, should we dye their hair blue and orange like a white Wiggler's Wombats hat? I mean, I didn't, I didn't plan for a prize. I thought that bragging rights were going to be enough of a <laughs> That's prize. It? That's it. The satisfaction of a job well done. Remember? <laughs> it's true. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, maybe a a, a bocadillo. We could, or maybe some temporary tattoos. Yeah, we could. I mean, do we that. got. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can certainly buy them right now. If you go on robhaswebsite.com slash bloom tats, you can buy a set of three temporary tattoos inspired by Mike Bloom's there you go. ill-advised quest to get a survivor-themed <laughs> tattoo. Mm. Uh, all the designs were made by yours truly, and they are pretty awesome. And all the money goes to direct relief. So it's 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 win-win all around. So maybe I'll get a set of those, and I will send you the set. Can you design a tattoo that is uh, 
Kate emerging in the the small town square in like Iron Man mode? It's a tall order, Josh, but I'll see what I can do. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if that's doable. Um, all right, that's 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 it. That's what we've done. Jesse's got tough as nails. Is happening. Yep, tough as nails. Um, really awesome time. It's a surprisingly great reality show, and our recaps with the host of Tough as Nails, one Phil Kogan, have been very well received and we get so deep into the weeds of like processy and decision making and creative thinking and storytelling Mm -hmm. that if anybody even even if you haven't watched the show yet you can go back and like get started on it from the beginning and listen to these shows because it's a real great crash course in how you put together a reality tv show and what you have to think about and how you have to go about deciding the things that you do and phil has been really great with his time and really quite a lot of fun although i got very critical when he was not on the show last week and um then he got on and he completely read me and i deserved it (laughs) well you know you're playing with fire you know (laughs) you got you got the guy in the house you gotta be careful this is tough it's tough it's tough it's true uh and zed of course uh you are uh you are you are deep in uh big brother territory right like every uh, no 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 muted it's all <laughs> muted i want and so much of it somehow makes it onto my timeline anyway because there are a lack of hashtags or words and things i don't understand a million big brother podcasts are, are happening right now and that's is the awesome. show on every awesome. day i don't understand no, how show much is on. people are talking about it it's on 24-7 if you want. Um, and the three of us have nothing to do with it, but there are many fine podcasts. Huge shout out to the people who are who are putting all of that together. It seems like everyone's having a really fun time. And honestly, right now, like I will not yuck your yum on that. Kudos to you for having something that is making you happy right if now. If it makes you happy, it yes. can't be that bad. A million percent. Well, but you know, in this case, I think it should be okay. Uh, Zed, anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Nothing in particular. You know where to find me on Twitter at Hard Rock Hope. We'll yell about politics and socialism and voting and, you know, all those fun, serious topics that I love to yell about. It's really about it. All right. Yell with Zed at Hard Rock Hope. Yell with Jess at Haymaker Hattie. I'm at Round Howard. We got a ton going on over at Post Show Recaps. Down the hatch, celebrating its one year, uh, its first birthday, one year anniversary, 815. We'll have a special podcast coming out over there. Uh, the Everything is Super podcast is continuing with Spider-Man Homecoming next week. Uh, and Kevin Mahadeo, my partner in crime on Everything is Super, is joining myself and a new podcaster to uh, the extended Rob has a podcast and post show recaps universe. Latanya Starks joining us for Lovecraft Country, which is hitting HBO Ooh. on Sunday night. So we've got uh, a preview podcast that should be posting pretty soon if it's not up already. Really looking forward to that show. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what's happening over here. Uh, and we're going to close shop now and we're going to close you out with the great Will from America's theme song to Mole Patrol. We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Will. Bye. They're gonna tell you all about the latest execution at the Mall Patrol. They're looking for clues. They're trying to get a call from Andy Cruz at the Mall Patrol. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.